0: within this world of what I do, I'm just ever curious as to what does this feel like and how does this nutrition paradigm work for me? And I want to know that so that I can also talk about that experience firsthand with my clients.
1: Welcome to How Do You Feel? A podcast with info and inspo to help you tune in to your fitness, nutrition, and mindset. I'm your host, Casey Zavalletta, and together we'll explore how we can optimize our physical and mental health so that we radiate positivity and happiness from the inside out. The first time I went to the naturopath, I walked out in tears. It wasn't because it was a bad experience, they were tears of relief. I felt like I was finally going to get some answers. I finally felt normal. Like the things that I was experiencing weren't crazy. That weight that was lifted off of me was so freeing. I genuinely believe that when you take the time to learn more about your body, that you release yourself from the questioning, from the not knowing, from the wondering if you're the only one, if you're the only one that feels like your body is betraying you in some way. So let's rewind to the reason that I went to the naturopath to begin with. Let me give you a snapshot of what my day used to look like. I would get up early and go straight to a high intensity workout, something that I did six times a week at least. I took pre-workout before that to get myself, to get my nervous system up and give myself energy to get through that workout. I would then proceed throughout my day to have two or three coffees and one very well-placed monster sometime in the afternoon. I had zero energy at work, I remember counting the minutes ticking by because I was so exhausted and it was such a struggle to get through my day. At this point, I was on birth control, which I didn't realize could have an effect on how I was feeling and my energy levels, but as you'll hear in this episode, it absolutely can. So, around this time I was extremely nutrient deprived and I think that part of that was because I was on birth control for so many years. Before I ate meals, I was irritable and unmotivated, and then after I ate meals, I would experience this severe energy crash, so just getting through my day was miserable. Before I went to a naturopath, I went to see my general practitioner, so I went to see my MD, and I went to her for kind of a different reason. I was on the birth control pill, and I noticed that my sex drive had disappeared which I hated and obviously was not good for my relationship. So I went in and I said, hey, I don't feel good. I think this is relating, related to the pill that I'm on. Can I please switch birth control pills? The response that I got wasn't exactly understanding, but she agreed that we could try a different pill with a bit different levels of hormones in it. Once I switched pills, my mood immediately tanked. So I remember for that month that I was on that new pill, I was depressed, I was moody, I was even more irritable, I did not feel good. So I went back and tried to explain that to my MD, and she basically looked at me like I was crazy and told me that the birth control pill wouldn't have that effect on me and that's not really a thing. This was extremely discouraging. I felt like I wasn't being heard. That was the point where I felt really compelled to go talk to somebody else. I needed a different kind of practitioner and that's why I went to the naturopath. From the first moment that I walked in there, my experience was completely different. She was asking me about things that I couldn't even imagine actually related to what I had going on. She was asking me about my lifestyle and my sleep and my stress and nutrition and timing of eating and all of these things. Have you noticed skin, hair, nail differences? Just all of these things, it felt like it was such a holistic approach and it felt like she was really trying to get to know me. She asked about my history and my family's history and everything. So immediately I felt much more heard And that in and of itself was such a relief. The approach that she took and that I've seen naturopaths take with many of my clients is she looked at the big picture and started to speculate about some of the things that could be going on based on how I was feeling. And from there, she sent me for blood work. So we were looking at um, indicators of my adrenal health and we were looking at thyroid levels. We also looked at vitamin D and iron So it was much more extensive and much more in-depth. Once we got that blood work back and I could see in the numbers some of the things that were going on in my body, and she could look me in the eye and say, this is why you're feeling this way. This is why you don't have any energy. This is why your mood has been low. And this is why your sexual health hasn't been good. It all makes sense. I felt so relieved. So what did I learn about myself? Ultimately, from that blood work, I found out that I had a low thyroid function, my vitamin D levels were low, and my iron was also low. And while we couldn't necessarily look at it directly, she also hypothesized that my adrenals were pretty fatigued, so my adrenals were low functioning as well. Based on some of those numbers, I loved how my naturopath approached it. She didn't see things as black and white. It's not like you're in a quote unquote normal range or you're out of it. She spoke in a way that was like, well, you're on the low side of this marker and you're also on the low side of this marker. So together, those are definitely telling us something. Together, we were able to make a plan where I was gonna make some adjustments in my lifestyle and I had some supplements to take that were gonna support me and my health. Once I set this plan in motion that we had together and I started taking some of these supplements, it was incredible some of the things that improved, that I didn't even know were symptoms of what was going on. So for example, I always thought that I was just somebody that was cold, that got cold easily, but that was actually a symptom of my low functioning thyroid. So I wasn't getting cold as much. Um, My hair started growing back thicker. And my nails were much less brittle, which I just always thought that I was someone that chewed my nails a lot, so that's why they were always broken, but in reality, they were thinner than they should be. And I really felt empowered by that in knowing more about what was going on with my body, so I just felt such a newfound sense of hope that it literally brought me to tears. I tell you all this story because today I'm speaking with a naturopath, Dr. Emily Fitzgerald. Really the underlying message here is that if you feel like something's off, if you feel like something's not right and your body's trying to tell you something, please listen, take it into your own hands and go see somebody. I definitely recommend going to see a naturopath. I think they have such a great wealth of knowledge and the way that they look at you as a person, mind, body, and spirit as a whole is so beautiful. As a naturopathic doctor, Dr. Emily believes that health and happiness come down to discovering who you are. It's about your unique body, what makes you happy, the people you connect with, and your own one-of-a-kind definition of success. Dr. Emily began her work helping patients with their own weight loss, nutrition, food-based sensitivities, digestive, and skin concerns, and learned that each of us is more biologically magical than we were ever taught. She now knows that living a healthy and fabulous life is about so much more than nutrition and exercise. It's about uncovering the truth that's already inside you. This includes your physical truth, your hormone levels, or your unique genetic blueprint, and the mental and spiritual, so your emotions, ideas, and deepest desires. I affectionately refer to her as Dr. Emily because that's how I refer to her in the gym when I refer clients and friends to her, which I have countless times. So many of them have had amazing experiences with her, and I've really seen firsthand the positive effects um, and the ways that she has been able to have an influence in their life and change them for the better. It was absolutely a privilege to have her on the podcast, and I hope that you guys enjoy this episode with Dr. Emily Fitzgerald.
0: It's well, and then the word looks like B-Y-N-D, like beyond, but it's well by N-Ds. Oh, cool. Oh, I love it. Mm -hmm. We want to do some product lines. like We want to maybe have some fashion that say, like, be the CEO of your health or, like, don't eat like a dick or, like, (laughs) whatever, you know, like, just fun stuff that, like, I think people will really like. I love Erica because she's like me. We're, like, playful, like, hilarious, like, we... We take it seriously, but it's also like not serious at the same time.
1: I'm so excited for you. Yeah, I would love to start off if you could just tell me a little bit about your journey to being a naturopath Ah. and why you chose that route, um, and just sort of your vision and your practice.
0: Yeah, it's interesting looking back to when I actually made this decision to become an ND. It's like it was like a very clear and concise decision. It was in university in my first year, and I was in a class. I can't, I don't know if it was like health sciences 101 or what, but we were going through different professions within the health industry and someone talked about being a naturopath and I was just like, I'm going to do that. Really? I had never gone to see a naturopath. I was always really interested in like health and wellness and specifically more in like the physical fitness. I was a figure skater as a kid um, right up into high school. So I'd always had this fascination with it. And when they talked about it and the approach that naturopathic medicine um, had I was like that's what I'm doing and like that was just the clear decision I made like I didn't look back after that that's unique mm-hmm. that's incredible <laughs> that you knew so early yeah, on was <laughs> just... only we were all so lucky yeah <laughs> and so it's interesting like, because I hadn't at that point actually visited an MD before it was wow. just like I love looking at the human body this way I love considering it in its entirety I like the holistic approach so that just became everything I was striving for after that time
1: it's pretty young to have a, an interest in a holistic approach. Mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. do you think that came from?
0: I don't know, 100%. I don't know if it was, you know, maybe some of the things that I was reading at the time, or I don't know, like, or if that just kind of popped into my realm, and that was just like, yes, that, you know, you get that kind of gut yes feeling. Yeah. That true. was one of those ones I just followed. And looking back on it now, it kind of seems crazy, where I'm like, I didn't really do much consideration <laughs> around it. I just, you know, did it. I'm happy I did it. It's challenging, but it's amazing. So, um, And it's ever evolving. And I'm literally always educating myself. And I get so excited when I learn new things. As long as that excitement exists for me, I'll continue to dive deeper and deeper and deeper into what this profession looks like for me.
1: Cool. So fast forward to your practice now. What would you say your philosophy is?
0: I feel like I'm a very middle ground practitioner. What I mean by that is... I live for the science and I love all of that side of it, but there's this other tug for me that is super interested in like energetic sides of of perceiving health. And I also am super interested in how people eat, and I'm interested in emotions, and I'm interested in the environment, so I'm pulling in, whenever I meet someone, all of these elements and there's probably like if you could visualize like an energy field around me, it'd be like going off with like tons of buzzes because i'm thinking about all that at the same time so i find that i am like this middle ground person so i like to be really real in my approach because we've got a lot of things going on for us in life today so it's let's be realistic let's see what works for you let's not give you a cookie cutter approach and let's really understand where you're coming from and what's going to be The most sustainable for you and where do you want to go? I've always
1: appreciated that
0: you you
1: do the testing. You're very Mm. evidence-based as Mm -hmm. well when you uh, prescribe things for patients. I just love that approach because you get real information Mm -hmm. and then it feels
0: very actionable Mm -hmm. from there. Yeah, I, I really find value in understanding as much as we can that foundational piece And interpreting it with the lens of functional medicine or or with looking at, you know, deficiencies and optimal ranges versus kind of like, okay, you fall okay in the status quo. Um, So that's really important to me and I have that conversation in every first visit that I have (laughs) because I think it's so important. If we don't get enough clarity in that visit whether it's from some testing or whether it's from the conversation the history that we take together it becomes like less um, impactful mm-hmm. as we move along. You're right. I am very big on that, and I call it my clarity piece because I think let's get clear on what's going on for you as much as we can with the um, you know the testing that we have available to us. Mm-hmm. I imagine you must be very good at asking questions <laughs> and reading people. But what's also interesting is when you create this space for someone to speak, it almost just comes out mm. in there. So a lot of what I do, requires asking, but a lot of what I do also requires listening and from a space that I don't have a predetermined agenda for. Lots of the times I'm meeting with people I'm like way over my like limit of 75 90 minutes because I just <laughs> want to like get to the bottom. Um, there is a lot to be heard in the space in between the conversation. You you can feel it in people's energy around you where you can can start
1: Um, I want to talk about hormones. Feels like a big topic of conversation right now. A lot of women around our age have a history where they've been on the pill for years. I remember when I was 18, it just seemed like the thing to do. Like, I don't even fully remember the reason that I went on the pill, but Mm. it felt like if you weren't going on the pill, you were doing something wrong. So it feels like everybody got on the pill and then stayed on it for 10 plus years in many cases. So I just want to chat a little bit about the effects of that on our hormones transitioning off the pill mm-hmm. yeah, and just kind of go over that because I think it's a thing that a lot of people are facing right now.
0: Yeah, it's interesting that you're talking about this because, I mean, if we think about it at its core, the pill is an exogenous source of hormone for the body. It's not a natural form that we're, we're just creating. So one of the things that people don't equate to with the pill is that it, it's a chemical form of estrogen. Oh, interesting. Right?
1: that's the same thing that like xenoestrogens are those uh, things in the environment and in our
0: plastics and things that are throwing off our hormones right yeah exactly so i think it's interesting to consider it that way and to consider how long you've been on it for and also i always ask why you began it so you know for you it was kind of like oh well (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i'm going on right so i mean and there's the obvious reasons why you would go on it and then for some women it's To help their skin and it becomes this very um, catch-all fix for Mm -hmm. so many hormonal challenges for young women and so as we're talking about when you're deciding to come off of it it's always good to go back to the reason why you started and see what was going on with your cycle then or your skin then or maybe mentally and emotionally how you were feeling maybe there was a lot of cramping at that time to know what we might want to mitigate as you're coming off of it, right? Um, And all of the different pills are going to have different strengths and different effects on the body. So there's a lot of nuances within discovering that for someone. And I don't think a lot of people know that they're not actually ovulating when they are on the pill. I didn't know that. No. So it's like this not really a generated period, right? So that's also an interesting piece. That you know, I want women to know. Mm-hmm. I often also also talk about the need for more vitamins and minerals while you're on the pill. So if you know, maybe it's that 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 is the right choice for you at the time. That's okay. But we want to make sure that you're getting enough of the supporting players while you're on the birth control pill. Some of the B vitamins are really important. Magnesium is really important. Like we don't want to become depleted in those things. Over years and years and years and years of having to metabolize the birth control pill. Mm. So
1: why why do you become depleted in those things on the pill?
0: Yeah. So it's because of the way it's being metabolized in the body. It needs those vitamins and minerals as cofactors cool and, and part of like the, the enzymatic reactions to work interesting right so it's just it's taking some like some of that stealing a little bit of that away that's a really important thing to think about um especially you know i see so much anxiety i see so much stress i see so much well all of the things you know yeah yeah. um and so many of those things are related like sleep issues not enough magnesium at nighttime.
1: let's say someone's been on the pill for 10 years when would you recommend
0: and why would you recommend that they try to transition off I recommend that it needs to be a personal choice, first off. I really don't like creating any shame around that conversation. It needs to be open. So if you're ready to have that conversation, totally. Mm-hmm. I'm there for you. Ten years is a long time if you're considering that. then I think it's important that you work with someone to transition off of it. It's not one of those things that we low-dose it down, right? And depending on what uh, form or, or what brand of the birth control you're on you may have a higher hormone dose and you need to work down to a weaker one and then work your way off. Mm. You know, one of the things that I don't know that people know a lot about is the impact of the hormonal birth control pill on gut health. Ah. Cause a lot wow. of what I'm gonna use a fancy word dysbiosis. So, you know, a shift in the microbial population that's happening within the gut. And so we see a lot of issues with your digestion, bloating, cravings related to certain gut bugs, like, you know, we talk about yeasts or maybe candidas that have grown. Yeah. Um, so that's something also to consider if you have a lot of issues with your gut, it may be that the birth control pill is contributing to that as well. So if you're like doing all the things, you're taking all the probiotics, and whatever, and those aren't really working, we might want to look deeper as to like, maybe this isn't working for you anymore.
1: If you're transitioning off the pill, what are um, the things that you normally go to to help that transition be as smooth as possible? Are there Mm -hmm. certain foods that you should or shouldn't
0: be eating? Are there supplements that you normally Mm -hmm. go for? Mm My answer in my head is like, it's so individual, depends on the person. (laughs) If that person had a lot of acne before going on the pill, then I'm going to want to help with the potential flare that could happen as they're transitioning off. I always think it's a good idea to be taking a multivitamin and even after you've been on the pill for a while to start to replenish those vitamin and mineral stores that have definitely depleted. Love magnesium at that time, a good probiotic. And then in terms of food, you know, nutrition is such an interesting topic as well. Some people are paleo, some are keto, some are moderate, some are vegan. So it's working within the person's desired way of eating. My, my goal is to get, number one, enough carbohydrates in the diet because they're really demonized yeah, in world right. Yeah, now. absolutely. Especially and we need with the, them the like keto need diet. Them. Yeah. I find women feel best on them. Hmm. Um and maybe not everyone. Like again, like that just becomes comes down to the individual. I would likely talk about potentially removing dairy cuz it's quite inflammatory, especially to that hormonal system. And then, you know, if we want to look deeper, just really like focusing on those brassica vegetables like the broccoli's and the cauliflower's and those foods that are really going to help support liver detoxification filtrations. So that those are important as well I don't know about you but like people are not eating enough vegetables <laughs> <laughs> yeah true <laughs> that is always a it's conversation it's like one of my number one questions it's yeah. like how yeah. many servings are you doing a day and yeah. even myself included like I go through cycles too where it's like man I am slacking yeah. on getting that in and I don't know about you but like just even convenience time where like you happen to be out and it's dinner time and then you don't get access to the thing that you need you know um, yeah, totally. It, it can become challenging over time. Mm-hmm. All the Uber Eats and, yeah, all that's in your environment, so yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. What about soy? Is soy something to <laughs> uh, avoid if you're worried about hormone hmm. balance? It Depending on where you are in your life, as in like an age and whether you're your gendering, it can have a different impact, so in moderation mm-hmm. and a good quality. If you're noticing an endocrine or an or hormonal change, then that might be some, a place to look. Mm-hmm. Soybean oil is inflammatory; like those are things that I would stay away from. And the fact that it can be heavily pesticide-laden. There's a lot of great research on soy. Um, Why is soy demonized then? For me, it's about choosing a non-GMO, organic form of it. it comes sort down to quality for me. Yeah, okay. it's the same as looking at the you know protein is like with meats and chicken and beef you know you want ideally a nice clean source of that mm-hmm. um, as much as possible so you know we're not dealing with the extra things for your body to have to detoxify like above and beyond what it's already doing in the day.
1: Where do you uh, where do you buy your
0: meats? In an ideal <laughs> world I'd go to the farm and I'd get all of my. stuff. Have you done that? I haven't I got, done it oh, okay. but I have my parents are part of a sh- farm share or whatever where they Split. I don't know if it's a cow or a chicken, whatever they're getting at the time, so they'll get a deep oh, freeze and like split it with like a couple Cool, families. so you so you actually like buy the animal and then yeah they butcher it and then all of the, yeah, the exactly. pieces are, wow, Yeah, cool. which is pretty neat. Um, Living in Toronto, that's a little bit challenging because I yeah. don't really have room <laughs> for deep freezes. I love going to places like, a, you know, Organic Garage is probably my preference, really close to my house, and mm. I know that they're going to have high quality. And I also really love going to my farmer's market because I actually, they are, get to talk to the farmers. Yeah. Um, I like just having the sense of, like, who they are and, like, how they treat their animals. And that, that's important to me, too. But it was on my bucket list to go to a farm and start, like, getting acquainted and that from that perspective I personally don't eat a ton of meat every week actually oh really so So you go whole weeks without um I I might have like you know a couple servings a week just depending on like what we're planning on for the week or Mm -hmm. not planning on (laughs) but you know I don't I don't consume it every day okay but that's just right now for me you know and I find that within this world of what I do I'm just ever curious as to what does this feel like and how does this nutrition paradigm work for me? And I want to know that so that I can also talk about that experience firsthand with my clients. Do you're your guinea you, pig. Yeah, I, am. I really <laughs> am a, a guinea pig. I, I think and that's probably, you know, coming back to your first question, one of the things that really like interests me about this field is that there's so many different things to try and so many different opinions and I, I'm really curious about that, so I keep doing it because I think it's neat. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 It's the best way to learn, mm-hmm. is putting yourself through
1: Yeah, because there is no things.
0: magic formula that's going to give you this exact thing. I mean, I worked with a genomics company for a while. I
1: saw that, yeah. but I didn't know that before. Right? Yeah, and that was
0: really neat because it gave me this, you know, that's such a budding field and it's going to continue to grow and that information is so neat. But I really started to appreciate that people have this foundation. And then we can support or not support the expression of some of those variants based on the environment that we're putting them in, like the food we're eating or what we're being exposed to in the actual environment or our emotions, you know. It's so neat to see. Like, I, for example, am a really slow caffeine metabolizer. Uh
1: Uh-huh.
0: And you saw that based on a test that you did? Like, Mm -hmm. you saw the gene that... I had my First gene one. variants done yeah cool um and like that's kind of neat to know especially now that i'm like okay no caffeine <laughs> like not even chocolate caffeine affects really sleep. yeah whoa so no caffeine after a certain time mm. and what was also neat at the time and i haven't looked into this since i've been at the company but the time we were looking at the connection between that genetic variant the caffeine detoxification enzyme and it's Uh, mixed with turmeric so when you had caffeine and turmeric at the same time it actually prolonged that caffeine effect in your body even longer if you were slow metabolizing so that was like interesting to know as well so I was like hey definitely don't be like you know don't have that supplement at the same time yeah fascinating Um, I think innately people are just interested in knowing more about them as individuals Mm -hmm. and if I can give them even like a fraction of knowing that like that is so neat to me And they can take that little piece and move forward and like make a shift in their life and that impacts them. It's empowering to learn about yourself Mm -hmm. and to feel like you can move forward without so many questions Mm -hmm. in your mind. I mean, I almost feel like (laughs) questions create more questions, create more questions. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's like an ever-evolving amount of questions. I mean, the day that we stop learning, the day we stop asking questions is like, you know, what are we doing anymore, right? So I think that's part of life. Yeah,
1: how would you know if your hormones are quote unquote imbalanced? Mm. There's a lot of talk as well about adrenal fatigue with all of these stresses that we have in our lives now. How what would alert you to the fact that maybe your hormones aren't in optimal levels?
0: Mm-hmm. I mean the lists are long. There's like I'm the, sure it's individualized. As yeah, well. it is, but there's yeah. also, you know, irritability, cramping around your cycle, changes in your actual periods. Is your bleed heavier than normal? I think mood is a really important one to like touch on. Changes in sleep, cysts, fibroids, pain during your cycle, pain not during your sleep. There's so many things to kind of get down into and looking at, you know. Even bloating can be connected to a hormone. Even a a, a large histamine response, which is you know like a hive-like response Mm. can be related to a hormone imbalance. So so many of the things can be boiled down, um, which is interesting, to a shift in, in your hormones. And also think about the hormones as like they are definitely not working just for themselves. It's a symphony. So they're all playing together and they're ebbing and they're flowing and it's always hard to really capture through a blood test the exact nature of what's happening because they are like fluctuating and you know even you know from the follicle phase to the luteal phase in the cycle things are going to look different right Mm -hmm. it becomes a puzzle that you're solving and you you know you do see patterns emerge for patients and clients and we'll treat from that perspective and go back to that same question of like clarity around what's going on right now and how can we best capture that Mm -hmm. you know you often start i'll start with blood tests and then i'll like work my way down into other things if we can't understand enough in that way you were talking a little bit about adrenal fatigue it's 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 like, almost like a trendy word hey, it is yeah. totally yeah <laughs> uh, but i mean if we acknowledge how much we are on all of the time our monkey brains are on all of the time and that's just the mental stressors like even working out is considered a stress to the body and sort of the pattern that we're seeing emerge in within you know the clinic is is this pattern of actually overtraining doing a lot of of high-intensity workouts, like six days in a row, and not having that proper recovery. It's so important. And I think people forget about, it's the non-exercise-associated thermogenesis, which is like walking. (laughs) You know, those things are really important. Like, they're so much more calm to the nervous system, and I think, so many of us have heightened nervous systems mm-hmm. as so we're like buzzy all of the time and we're like getting here and we're going there and, you know, self-care is scheduled in now. <laughs> yeah. It right? right? causes like a little more <laughs> if you're
1: doing self-care, it's
0: indulgent. <laughs> yeah, it's like so interesting. Yeah. Um, and, and like, you know, that's not even to mention that like the body views inflammation as a stress and I talk a little bit about the environment because I have this huge passion for understanding its impact on human health. Um, in women's health in particular, so, you know, that that also is considered a stress to the body. So there's a lot of the things that we're not even appreciating as a level of stress, as an, I'm not stressed, I'm totally fine, right? right? Dealing with that is, that could mean something different for everybody. For some people, it means really slowing down and, like, really shifting how they're currently doing life and perceiving life, you know, and getting down to the bottom and the root of that. I think stress comes a lot from lack of communication, lack of joy in your day. I talk to a lot of people who just like don't really connect with what they're doing anymore and they're just working through the motions and, and going to these jobs that are just not fulfilling this part of them. So I, I perceive that as a stress, you know, for clients. Mm. You know, dealing with adrenal fatigue, number one, testing for it is actually best done through a saliva test that happens four times uh, within one day. So I'm totally on board if someone wants to do that. (laughs) Um, It's really neat to see the cortisol curve um, it's really impactful for someone to see, like, I'm dipping here or I'm not even mounting a higher response So you're, when you do that saliva test, you're you're testing for cortisol
1: levels yeah. at four different times during the day. Yeah. What does a normal cortisol curve look like?
0: You see it sort of like, you know, it starts off kind of like mid, right, right when you wake up in the morning. It's going to rise pretty high and then it's going to come down and just like slowly like slope off. And we don't want it to slope too low below the curve. Um, And some people will even have, you know, they go that peak and then they'll go below and then they'll go high. And it's like that conversation of, do you get a second wind at nighttime? You know, Mm -hmm. it's like this tired but wired picture. Like, I'm really tired physically, but I cannot get myself to sleep. That's a really classic case of adrenal needing to be addressed.
1: If someone speculates that that might be them Mm -hmm. and they do have, they feel like maybe they're off in that way, what would you suggest?
0: Work with your naturopath, test it. Yeah, I think, I mean... If testing is available to you, amazing. Like, that's Mm -hmm. awesome. If it's not available to you, then you're going to work with gentle, natural, safe, effective methods, whether that's, like, looking at your day and shifting your day, whether that you need support more, like, nutritionally and, like, how and when you're eating. You know, timing becomes a really great conversation Mm -hmm. around eating, intermittent fasting, or just making sure that, that your circadian rhythm from, like, day to night time is working well for you. That's one that is actually a really big issue because we are exposed to all this screen time and like nighttime, blue light, Netflix, all the things that, you know, we love to do. It can really impact that circadian rhythm that normally would exist for you. And, you know, think about what is the first thing that you do in the morning is it you grab for your phone and see the blue screen or (laughs) is it that you like the phone? (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, my alarm clock is my phone, right? so. So it's like, you know one of the best things to reset it is to get up at the same time every morning and actually get natural light into your eyes so go to a window and like stand there for a little bit and get like adjusted to that before you pick up your phone and go into that world mm. um, so it's just another reason why we might want to take a little bit of a pause first and like get settled into the day it really helps to manage the adrenals as well so getting that back into good rhythm
1: interesting so what does that do for you to expose yourself to
0: natural light does it keep your cortisol from spiking too high too fast mm-hmm. when you wake up so or it's all it's well, the you know that that sleep wake cycle and they, they, they are all connected so cortisol is connected to that insulin is connected to that as well so yeah it's gonna give that signal or that message that you know it's awake time right and we're gonna start the day mm-hmm. now get those adrenals like up and working, right? I I mean, you'll see opposites occur where people actually have really heightened adrenal in the morning or really low adrenal in the morning. It's just a matter of, you know, figuring out where you're at, but also the same way in which we talked about the ebb and flow with hormones. I mean, adrenals are also going to ebb and flow and how they show up in that curve is going to shift over time. I think it's important to appreciate that as well. So I had a couple of questions about how vitamin D, low mm. vitamin D, affects cortisol. Mm. Does this have uh, anything to do with that? Vitamin D affects a hormone uh, called leptin in your brain. Is that a which is the a hunger one? signal, yeah. yeah. So there have been studies done. The one, the one thing that they do in the study is put people in the sun in the morning, and that helped to regulate that leptin signal because vitamin D is very connected to that. They were better able to manage their hunger throughout the day. And they lost weight. Cool. Which is really neat because it's like you just needed to go to nature and get it. Stand into the sun. in the sun for 15 minutes. Yeah. Wow. Which is challenging yeah. here in Canada because mm-hmm. for so many months of the year we're not getting that direct sun. I tell every one of my clients and patients, and I should listen as well, that you need to go somewhere warm. <laughs> in the winter (laughs) take a vacation yeah yeah if you come in it is one of those staple nutrients i do like to understand where you're at i test it commonly it's commonly very low you know even connecting that to mood so important do you supplement with vitamin d i do have vitamin d yes i do vitamin d k2 um the k with it it helps with absorption okay um but i mean like preferred i would get in the sun Like that would be my preferred way to get vitamin D, but yeah, it's, it's, it's instrumental bone health, immune system, mood, hunger signals. Mm -hmm.
1: Wow. So
0: important. And we get
1: so little of it here Mm -hmm. during the winter. It's crazy Mm -hmm. with these short days. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know a little bit more about a typical day in the life of doctor. Actually, I have a question. Are we the only ones that call you Dr. Emily? Did we just fabricate that? No, I, or is that what everybody calls you? Um, I have.
0: No, actually, it's kind of funny. I have I, I have a CrossFit group that yeah. I'm in a boot camp. And there are three Emilys in my boot camp. And that's a differentiator. And they call me Dr. Evan there. So that's not the only place. That I okay. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. So a typical day, honestly, I like the life
1: of Doctor Emily. Yeah,
0: I'm so non routine oriented. Really? Yeah, um, and if you've seen me recently, like I love chatting a little bit about human design because I just think it's a neat layer into kind of peering into like what might work for you. So within that realm, I am like a non routine routine person, which is true. Like even down to what I eat every morning is not routine. Like I kind of go with how do I feel? When is my hunger gonna kick in? I mean, the only thing that would be routine is a lot of water in the morning and then a coffee. Like, those are the two things that probably exist every day. (laughs) So you're a coffee drinker. I do have coffee. I love coffee. I actually didn't start drinking coffee until I was in my naturopathic education in third year. So that was well into my 20s at that point. Which I'm pretty proud of. It's yeah. Incredible. I, I'm not sure if I just drank a lot of tea or like water at that time. I don't know. Pardon, me. I have one in the morning and like that's good. If and I can that get... probably
1: lasts you all day since you it metabolize. Does. It's it does. so slow. It's pretty good. Uh, you know, it's
0: like coffee is like one of those things that's a ritual for me in the mm-hmm. sense that like love the warmth and like the taste. Um, Do you put anything in it? I don't black. It's, for you know I, a little while I was putting the um, the collagen creamer in there, but I'm just not used to drinking cream, so the taste for me is, I don't know, I don't really love it. And every once in a while I get into putting some, whether it's like mushrooms or adaptogens or you know, we talked about the adrenal glands, it's such a great little way to add something, an herb in there to help nourish and restore them. My ideal time to work out is probably 10 in the morning, if I could choose that, always. You know, I do a lot of lifting, but I also love high intensity as well. I just get a real kick out of it. It's hardcore. Yeah, and there's like a confidence within that space that I'm like, yeah, I can totally handle this, and mm-hmm. I like the challenge. So and you're
1: competitive. You have a more. bit of a streak yeah. of like
0: within those walls of like, you know, specifically with my partner that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna finish this before I hammer whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I've actually had to, you know, check that for myself in some ways because I don't want to be compromising my form and these types of things just to like finish the workout or whatever it yeah, is. Like, last definitely. night was a great example. We did a wad and it was a wall ball that was six pounds heavier than I normally do. And I was like, I can't go faster. Like I am not just gonna compromise. My form, so Good. It, was, it was is very happy with you. <laughs> yeah. I didn't I'm finish it, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> slow, yeah. but that's a challenge for me to also like notice that I have a hard time slowing down in that world. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen injuries occur for myself, and so I would rather not that I don't want to push myself, but I'd rather not injure myself if that's possible, of course. And then the rest of the day, I mean, it's I've got a lot of projects going on right now, so it's and I like that because it's multifaceted. It's all like within the same realm, but they have different hats, and I get to be really creative in that. I get to like meet amazing people. So my days are gonna look they they look so different. We've got the clinic space that is brand yeah, new. The new clinic. Yeah, so that's really exciting. Like that's been I feel like brewing in me for probably the last. 11 years. Oh, wow. So long. Always wanting to put myself in the space to do it on my own. And like, that's such a scary thing to do, but we're really excited. What made you feel like you're ready for it? Like, what was the kick? I've gathered so much information and experiences from the places that I've been. And now the next scariest, most logical thing for me to do was to do it on my own and know that I can accomplish that and know that I can be creative in that and create an experience for the people coming in that is like no other uh, Mm. that I've experienced yet it's not that it doesn't exist but there's just this like generator fire in me right now that's like let's do this you know let's let's create it amazing yeah (laughs) yeah like I mean lots of nerves of course but um, but I think you know those well those are important if they exist and I would not be you know that
1: means you care. Technology, yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, and you know, my partner in that is also like, you know, super awesome and you know, the amount of like laughs that exists are like so important for me. <laughs> like that just gets me in a space of being playful and joyful and I don't think I could ask for anything more in my day to than to experience that level of just camaraderie or like friendship within mm. the walls of something that you've created. Like how cool is that?
1: Yeah. Okay, so tell me what you guys are working on right now with the clinic. So What's
0: going on? Are you setting up the space? Yeah, do you so have the space yet? We got the space. It's, you know, it's a hustle to put it together. But yeah, so we're working on just putting that together. Uh, we've laid it out, you know, getting like the, the feel down. Yeah, because um, you want it to be an experience. Yeah, you Have a vision for that. We want it to be, you know, similar to a lot of what you guys do. We feel like the community element is so important. Mm. Like I don't want it to just be this like in and out experience. We've got it set up or we're setting it up in a way that we can do um, events or talks or whatever we can to bring that extra sense of community or value. That's everything. You know that, we, yeah, we're so big on that. Yeah. We just just
1: yeah. see the value of that and those relationships that are created mm-hmm. and having that community of
0: people to go on these journeys with. Is and I feel so like so it's important. so organically grown for you. And like, that's amazing.
1: Do you have a nighttime routine? What
0: do you um, do the wind down at the end of the day? I go to CrossFit from 8.30
1: until 9.30. P.M.? <laughs> I'm to about freaking cortisol levels. I know. Talk about that. I could lecture you about what that's, that's doing. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> I
0: actually gave up that time for a while. I actually find a lot of comfort or joy in seeing my community of people there. Mm. So it was like that outweighed the risk of once a week going to bed later. Um, Once a week, well, yeah, I can handle it. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, but but someone who's really sensitive like may not be able to handle that. You know, going back to we can test kind of like where you might be starting, looking at the thyroid, looking at a little bit of the adrenal gland, looking at you know we talk about insulin resistance and blood sugar regulation, and also just you knowing yourself and being like I cannot sleep after these nights, and then Tuesday doesn't feel good, and I feel like you know more irritable or whatever happens for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But my nighttime routine, going back to that. I'm really simple. Like even when it comes down to skincare, so simple. <laughs> I do like to unwind in some way, whether that is, you know, I, I like to turn things down earlier than my partner does because I just don't want my whole evening to be consumed by work. And you, when you say turn
1: things down, do you mean like turn off your phone? Turn off the TV? What do you mean? Computers...
0: Mm-hmm phone i'm working on that's a harder one um <laughs> most, most people are like able to connect like later on in the evening i like doing things that just kind of l- allow me to settle in more at night time so you know let's just make dinner and we might catch a show and like as in like on netflix i mean we work out a lot in the evening um so a lot of the times we're out and we come back and it's just dinner have dinner and, and then oh like wind down right <laughs> and then yeah I get into bed and i've been making it more of a habit to totally shut down my phone which I actually find really refreshing oh
1: interesting yeah like how do you uh, an hour before
0: I just like it's airplane mode like nothing yeah my phone is on airplane mode without wi-fi always at nighttime. not it's not complicated and then you know I'll do like my teeth brushing and my I've got ozone gel that I use in my mouth and tongue scraping and all like I find dental hygiene probably like the big part of my like Evening. I find magnesium spray on my feet to be really effective in helping me to fall feet? asleep. Yes, I spray magnesium I've on my feet. I've never heard of this. Yeah, it's a little bit awkward feeling, almost like a chalky feeling on mm-hmm. your feet. So I'll put socks on over top, but I find that super helpful and just falling asleep easy. Wow. Especially when I have a lot on my mind. Like I think it's normal when you've got a lot of things going on to going through what's going on in your brain. So spray a little bit of that on. one you know read a bit of a book, maybe like, you know, listen to, I've got the Calm app, so I might listen to a bedtime story or like whatever silly things I decide. Um, or just really like get in conversation with my partner because that's a time where we both are disconnected and we can chat and like, that's kind of rare, you know? Mm. So that that's basically it. What makes you most excited to get out of bed in the morning? Like right now, it's just, it's creation and generating. It's like, okay, what can I accomplish today what can I learn about myself today? What can I learn to help others in their journey today? Yeah, so I think it's, it's mostly just like this constant curiosity and like challenging myself to create new things.
1: For all the listeners that, that want to connect with you, how do they find you? What are the best ways to reach out?
0: The clinic, they can, they can connect there. It's called Well B-Y-N-D, which is Well by NDs. Uh, we have the clinic uh, website up and running, so you're definitely, you can connect with us there. I have Instagram, so it's dr.emily.nd. I'm happy to chat on there, too, and uh, those are probably the best ways.
1: Yeah. Awesome.
0: You know, if anyone has, like, questions or they just want to, I think it's important that you connect with whatever, whatever healthcare practitioner or healthcare team that you've got going for you. You really need to connect on a two-way street. Feel supported and... Just like take autonomy for your health and wellness and like get out there and be curious.
1: Thanks so much for listening, guys. Dr. Emily's new clinic, Well Beyond, is now open in downtown Toronto. So be sure to visit that website if you're interested in seeing her. Thanks for listening this week. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Remember, we release a new episode every Monday morning. If you want to follow along with me on Instagram, follow at Casey M. Zav. Thanks again, guys. Make sure that you get out there and do something that makes you feel good today.